Yo 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 yo! Welcome back to another episode of House to House. It is your boy Kyler. Across me, as always, well, across Singapore for these few weeks, the guy who picked a pack of pickled peppers, Peter. What's up? Hey. And finally, the big bad boss, David Bay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Everyone's doing a lower pitch. All right, <laughs> listeners, if you can't already tell, we might all sound different. And this is because this is our first episode recording from home. So we do apologize just in case the audio gets messed up, our internet gets cut out, whatever, you know? Okay, but we'll try our best to put out the best episode. Okay, um, before we begin, boys, can I just talk about how bloody hot and humid the weather is? I don't know whether it's the same for y'all, uh, wherever y'all stay, but Ishun is damn hot lah. Uh, I mean, now that we're not working from the office, I have zero aircon. My aircon is just a white elephant in my room. It hasn't been used for over a decade. Oh, it's wow. just there to, you know, to show that we are higher SES. <laughs> Actually, we are lower SES. <laughs> Wait, so you just sleep with a fan, is it, every night? Yeah, so, so I mean, uh, like people who know where I stay will, will know that I actually get the sea breeze. So my, uh. my, my dad is so... We are actually quite lucky. We are not as hot and humid as most of the landlocked uh, HDB units. There's that, not much uh, need for an aircon. Nah. In that sense. Uh, mm. But when it's hot and humid like today, I'm like, I wish my aircon actually... Like, I don't want to switch on the aircon to mm. actually find out whether it still works uh, after 10 years. <laughs> I, I'm quite used to sleeping without an aircon. So it's just that now it's bloody hot lah, in the afternoons. Like in the daytime basically. Even at night, but... Night is not as bad, but in the day, you can really feel it, you know? I don't know if it's just me. Yeah, no, 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 it's not just you. It's, like, it's, I'm, it's I'm more restless and everything, like, my, I'm starting to, like, scratch my arms more and everything, like, oof. Yeah, the since, uh, yeah. since we're working from home, I take, like, just for fun, take a shower. Yeah. Just to I, feel more comfortable, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Alright, um, so, in today's episode, we are going to talk everything about refinancing and repricing. And I know this might be new concepts to some of you, so we'll try to keep it as clear and 101 as possible. But let's dive straight into it right now. So what is refinancing and what is repricing? Because like when I first heard it, like what is refinancing and what is repricing, I thought like, oh, I need to like reevaluate my financial plan for my life and everything. Like I need to, you know how like uh, insurance agents do that for you whenever they meet you for lunch and everything? I thought that's what refinancing is. I thought that was the savvy term. But can you all explain to me what is refinancing and repricing? Okay. Uh, firstly, to get to the terms refinancing and repricing, we need to start off with the understanding that first you need a mortgage. So you need a home loan or a mortgage uh, already existing before then we will use the terms refinancing and repricing. Refinancing means going from bank A where your existing mortgage already is to a different bank. And repricing means asking bank A to reprice your package means get you a better package internally with bank a so that's that's the difference uh. one stays with the current bank one moves to another bank okay so what what was the main difference between choosing whether you want to go with another bank or stay with the same bank okay so both have pros and cons as everything in life has so let's talk about repricing first meaning staying with your same bank all right, all right. um the other terms being used in the market for repricing is so called um, conversion. So you convert your package internally. All right. So repricing the pros are you get it done within a month. So if you are in a very crappy interest rate today, 
um, you will be in a better interest rate in within one month. Okay. Uh, that's the that's a pro because refinancing takes minimally three months. The okay? the whole process of changing over from bank A to bank B takes about three months, is it? Correct. So repricing okay. is faster. Right. Repricing right. also is cheaper. Uh, because you only pay an admin fee of about eight hundred dollars. Uh, mm-hmm. to 1000 where refinancing, you pay lawyer fees and valuation fees. Mm-hmm. So that one becomes a pro and a con depending on your loan amount. Because um, when refinancing, if your loan amounts are above a certain amount for HDB 300k and for private 500k, then this cost is covered by the new bank. Then it becomes, A, refinancing becomes cheaper than repricing. So it depends. Oh, and okay. lastly, lastly, I think this is the most importantly, repricing rates are not as good as refinancing rates. So, it can be faster. It may be cheaper to reprice. But if you stay with your current bank, you will get a lousier rate than if you move to a new bank. Um, a very good friend of mine actually gave a very simple analogy for people to understand. I merely like took it, right? Um, imagine the banks are like telcos. So if you are already in Singtel, Circus Life will give you a fantastic package above and beyond whatever they have normally maybe. But then if you stay in Singtel, you just get the NEO run of the new packages. So the new bank actually puts in more effort, give you a better rate to shift to them than you staying in your old bank. Right. Is this because they want you as a like their client and their customer? Well, I mean in all in all honesty, uh, we understand the marketing is always easier to retain a customer than acquire a new customer. Mm-hmm. It's cheap, it's cheaper to retain, right? But the banks as as the mammoth Goliath organizations that they are uh, they actually are not so insane. They have two different departments. One is to assist and advise existing customers, and one is to acquire new customers. And the rates that the banks have to acquire new customers are better than those for servicing the existing customers. Ah, I see. So it's like two different departments. Lah. Then it's like they have different purpose and they have different rates. Yes, correct. Ah, so this is how it works. Okay, okay, I see. So, um... You, you were mentioning that repricing costs cheaper, like 800 to 1000 because refinancing had things you had to... More things that you have to pay with, right? Like all those fees, like... Yes, lawyer fees. Lawyer fees. Legal fees, and all legal fees uh, mm-hmm. valuation fees. But you yeah. also mentioned that this uh, miscellaneous fees might be covered by the new bank if your your loan is above a certain a certain price? That's exactly correct. So, mm-hmm. um, Peter, Peter has written a few articles where we actually have like case studies done. Like... If your loan is above this amount, I mean, at the end of the day, Mortgage Master will do the maths for you, right? Mm. And then we will just say like, hey, if you stay with your bank, um, this is how much you save. Because at the end, you will save some money. So if you stay with your bank, you save X amount. If you refinance, you you save X plus, right? And then it's up to you whether you want to go through the hassle to save the plus. Okay, I see. So so there's no like, which one is... uh... Like, in a general sense, there's no, like, th- which one is better, which one is better. It's which one is better for your current financial, sh- financial Correct. situation. Correct. And, ah. and that's actually the most interesting part about uh, our company, Mortgage Master, right? Mm-hmm. Um, every other broker out there, and this is not dissing them, it's facts are facts. Like, I like to say, facts are facts. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I, if I offend people, but every other broker out there are more or less freelancers, not employed. So, if a customer or a client reaches them, it's in their self-interest to refinance for you because they need to earn their commission. That's their way of livelihood. At Mortgage Master, we actually will tell you about repricing and then compare for you. And 
there are many cases where we just tell the guy, don't refinance, I don't earn a single cent, but I'll help you with your repricing still. Because that's just the way we are. We are just that, that honest. Mm, so when a customer refinances with a mortgage broker, the bank pays us a certain amount, right? Uh, I think you mentioned it in the previous episode, 0.15% typically of the loan mm-hmm. amount. But when a customer reprices with a bank, uh, we don't earn anything because the bank does not pay us to keep their own customers. Right, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. sense. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so, so that's, that's why uh, what Bay is saying is that to earn money as a mortgage broker, it's in the consultant's best interest to push refinancing over repricing. Because that's where they get the commission fee. Yeah. So, ah. but of course, yeah. I mean, at Mortgage Master, we, we, we try to take that self-interest away because, you know, we, we see that there's greater value to, to just being upfront and truly comparing the, the overall cost and the overall savings of each option. Mm, I, I think I'm actually quite surprised to hear that, um, like genuinely, this is not just me saying because I work for Mortgage Master, but I'm genuinely surprised that more, it, it's, it's considered like a norm to sort of not talk about repricing and just push for refinancing just for the sole purpose of uh, getting a commission fee. I mean, I understand like, you know, get that moolah, you know, and everything, but I, I'm actually surprised that it's, it should be like in the default thing, like, oh, you should bring up repricing regardless, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's actually something in this industry that we are setting out to change. Um, I've mm. been on webinars on Singapore Property Show and stuff like that, right? Mm. On all these webinars or, or seminars that I give on the refinancing portion, uh, on where, how, to, how to save money on your mortgage, I would always bring up repricing. And, and actually, when I do that, right, I can see other firms, other mortgage brokers, their face change because oh, no. they rather customers not know that repricing exists. And, mm. and to me, I, I don't care. You know, like at the end of the day, I believe if we win the trust of all the customers, we win at the end of the day. So let's do the right thing always so that customers will trust us always. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's an ulterior motive in my opinion. My ulterior motive is I want to do the right thing so people trust me. So I'll mm. continue doing the right thing. Yeah. I can imagine other mortgage brokers when you bring up repricing, they just like start sweating nervously and like, uh, what is he talking about? Like, he shouldn't bring this up and everything. So, is it like, uh, is it safe to say that repricing is more unknown compared to refinancing? Um, the fact of the matter is, you see, in a capitalist society, right, mm. all, all organizations are out there to make money. So, okay. firstly, uh, we talk about brokers since we're on it. Brokers need to make money, so they shouldn't. They will not bring up repricing. Like I mm. mentioned, I believe we will make money and even more money in the long run. So I bring up repricing on purpose, and I want to stay honest because right. I believe the long game will make us more money than the short game. Mm. And obviously, uh, there's there's a lot of pain and risk involved there, which we decide like we're only going to do it the right way or not at all. Okay, so that's aside. That's broke mortgage brokers. How about the banks? You know, in Singapore, after two years or three years, your rate goes to crap. Like really becomes a lot higher especially in commercial properties, uh, just FYI, um, when that happens, the banks are in a dilemma. It's in their best interest to not remind you to reprice. And if they don't remind you to reprice and you have nobody to consult and you forget about it, you are literally pay- paying like 1% to 2% above the market rate. You know? And that's a lot of money the banks earn. And that is why if banks don't tell you to reprice, brokers don't tell you to reprice, who knows what reprice is? 
Right. Okay. Um. Just for the for listeners, especially for listeners who don't have a house, who may not know about how loans work and about lock-in periods and why there's a sudden increase in interest rates. Would you like to just give a short explanation on how how it generally works? Okay. So interest rates in Singapore work this way. At first, you can choose fixed rates or floating rates. Um. People always t- say that if hey, if I already know if I'm taking fixed, why I need to know about floating? Why are fixed? Ah, uh, if I take three years fixed, one point two. Literally, the next three years is fixed at 1.2. You don't need to worry about any fluctuations in the market at mm-hmm. all. It won't change. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So why do you need to know about floating rates? I tell them, there are four or five different kinds of floating rates. To know about floating rates, the importance is when your fixed rates end, you'll, you will be pushed to a floating rate on the fourth year, on the third year, whenever your fixed rates end. And that is actually um, understanding what it goes to actually can save you money. Because... If you choose a rate that you understand is safer, then you may not even need to reprice or refinance. If you choose a rate that is high risk, at the end of the day, you may, even if you need to reprice and refinance, you may be wasting a few months of super high interest rate. It's, it's very important to understand what these rates are. So, as I mentioned, well, what as Kyler was actually mentioning, you have to reprice and refinance every two to three years in Singapore. Uh, because your rates, even if it's three years of floating rates, on the fourth year, the spread, or whatever the reason is, uh, the rate increases tremendously as well. Spread is actually the plus portion of a rate. Uh, so if it increases, means your whole rate increases. Uh. Uh, we will have another interest rate explanation podcast, okay? If not, oh, I definitely. want to talk for another one is, hour, right? Interest yeah. rate is on another level on its own. That one. Yeah, that one is very deep and it's a bit dry. Yeah, right? I am not looking forward when we have to talk about that. So, um... I want to ask why even there's why even such a thing exists. Like um, so okay. So generally, from what I've gathered is that you mentioned that mortgage brokers want to make money, banks also want to make money. It's it's uh it's capitalism. That's what it is. But is this sort of a thing where you re we reward people who are alert or sort of punish those who are not alert? Because you did mention that um you know after the fourth year right after maybe three to fourth year, you your rate goes to a floating rate. And that floating rate becomes like way higher than what it was in the first two to three years. Your rate becomes a rate that is higher. La, because you may start with a floating rate also. Mm. But on by the third year, the fourth year, your rate will be higher. Okay, so you it will become higher. And you have to pay that new higher rate if you don't refinance or reprice, right? Yes. Okay, so why why does such a thing exist? Is it to reward people who like take note? Like, okay, I need like I know that my fourth year is coming up, I have to refinance. But uh, for people who don't know about refinancing or repricing, and then they just pay the higher rate, uh, you know, for the for the rest of their loan tenure. Well, it's actually interesting you ask this question because why it's like this. Personally, I also don't know. Uh, but just to give you an, a, a difference, right? It's traditionally like this in the whole of Asia. In the Western mm-hmm. countries, you can take mm-hmm. uh, a fixed rate for twenty five years straight. Oh, of course, it? it's higher lah. It's higher, but you just take uh-huh. twenty five years old. Then I already know monthly installment. By 25 years, I confirm finish paying the loan. I don't think so much. But in Singapore, oh. in China, in Hong Kong, in Indonesia, in Malaysia, literally in Asia, okay? <clears throat> you, don't, you don't have that option. Mm. So people are incentivized to stay alert, to refinance. Mm-hmm. And the problem with most people is that they don't. And that's why we exist. So we have our own uh, CRM, our own database. We have our own auto-reminders, customer, user, login, so that they can check. And not only will this help you remember, but internally we also remind you because at the end of the day we believe you should save money uh, uh you know the <clears throat> yeah 
we are like that notification on your phone ah, like hey it's time that kind of thing ah. yeah hey it's time for you to save a few thousand dollars a year <laughs> and, it, and it benefits us as well right because hey it's time for you to save a few thousand dollars a year and for us to make a few hundred of this mm, yeah. yeah win-win situation so, ah. yep I think you can compare it to say like uh, gym memberships or subscription services where they give you a mm. discount in the first year to, to entice you in. They, they're like, oh, we slash our prices, you know, this is a 50% package. Like and a trial period read, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like a trial period. And then when you read the terms and conditions, it's like, oh yeah, but you know, if you, if you don't tell us that you want to cancel your subscription, then you pay the full amount after right. this trial period ends. So okay, in a sense, okay. what the banks are giving is... I mean, it's not like they're increasing the, the spread after four years. One way to look at it is that they, they're giving a discount to entice you in to take up the package uh, for the first two or three years. To become and their client, become, become their, customer. their customer. And then mm. in the fourth year, it, inverted commas, goes back to normal. So right. this is what it was always meant to be. It's just that they, they subsidized it so that they would entice you to come in. So, so ah. I think in Asia, like what, like what Bay was saying, um, we're treating mortgage like we treat any other uh, product. <laughs> yeah, any, it's, yeah it, any subscription plans. <laughs> yeah, so so it's like competitive. Uh, people really are competing with each other to to keep uh, getting the customers, pulling the customers back and forth. Uh, whereas in, in Europe and in other countries, it's more of a, you just pick the brand you're familiar with and you just stay with the brand for the rest of your your property ownership. You know, it's a, it's a one-stop decision and, there's no other. It's it's just loyalty, la. Right. Whereas in, in Asia, there's there's literally no brand loyalty, and and banks try to make you think that you have to be loyal to them. But in truth, of the matter is, it it's actually gonna be save you more in the long run to just not be loyal and just go with whichever is offering you the lowest rates. It's not worth it, la, to pay that extra for that brand loyalty in a sense when you're having a mortgage in Asia. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like uh, on average, we can. S- Refinancing saves people about two thousand mm. dollars or more a year, depending on your loan amount. That's a lot that you are giving up for inverted commas loyalty to a bank that yeah. you know, th- yeah, yeah, doesn't really. And do you were mentioning you. that it's two thousand plus um a year, and mortgage loan tenures aren't just like a one year, two year kind of thing. It's at least twenty plus years. Yep, exactly. And, yeah, so that's like two two thousand times. You know, like twenty for example, that's forty thousand really in savings that that you could be saving. Let me blow your mind a bit. Uh. Oh. Not this. Yeah, so Let's there are ahead. around 200 billion worth of mortgages in Singapore at this moment. It's higher than that. Like 212 fluctuates a bit. It's, it's on the MAS website, uh, FYI. So there are 200 okay. billion worth of mortgages. Uh, if you don't refinance and let's say the banks are charging you 1% higher, that is uh, $2 billion that the banks are earning for doing nothing. Sheesh. Damn, and that's one percent only. Yeah. So if everybody, ideally lah, if everybody refinances when when they are supposed to, yeah. The banks earn two billion dollars lesser. Well, two billion dollars to all the banks is actually very small money, ah. But two billion dollars to, uh, yeah, to people like to Singaporeans where we can all save two billion collectively is is quite insane, lah. Actually, that's a ridiculous amount. Alright, so um Bay, you mentioned just now that um it's it's more of the Asian Asian countries that does this um short term uh lock in periods kind of thing, and then we have to refinance every few years, whereas more of Europe and the Western side of it, they have 
25-year uh, fixed rate loan tenures. So it, is refinancing less common over there than it is here? It is less common, but mm. it still exists. Because okay. uh, imagine if you took a loan in the US in 2006 and your interest rates are like 5% and you fix it for 25 years. Mm. And then after subprime crisis happened, and financial recession happened, and then interest rates are now like 1.5%, mm. even if you have to pay a 1.5% penalty, penalty to the bank to refinance your rates away from the 4% fixed rate, you will still do it. La. It does happen, mm. it's just not as common. Ah, uh, okay, okay, I see. So those people that just refinance, like maybe last year where interest rates were super low, and they have a fixed rate for like maybe 20, 25 years, they are the true winners, uh. Yes, correct. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Well, it means mortgage isn't even a concern on their minds. Uh. It is, but it's not that great. I mean, it's not that burden the firm, US, uh. majority mm. of the population on, in these other countries do not stay in the city centres like London, New York, mm. LA. You know, they have sprawling lands and you can get a landed property for 200k US. So it's, it's, a, different, it's a different situation. Uh. Right, I see, I see. Okay, all right. I think, well, that's actually quite a lot we covered on what is refinancing and what repricing is. So let's now move on to who needs to refinance or reprice. So you mentioned earlier that when we talk about refinancing or repricing, the main thing, the number one thing you have to be concerned is that there must already have an existing mortgage, right? Yes, correct. Okay, because so if you have no existing mortgage, you, you have nothing to... Don't even need to care about this. <laughs> uh, yeah. okay, so let, let's take me for example, right? Right now, I don't have a mortgage. I don't have a house. Do I still need to care about refinancing or repricing? Yes, still need to care. Okay, so for example, mm. uh, let's say one of the things I mentioned earlier is that there are certain amounts of loans that when you refinance or reprice, the banks will cover costs for you. Okay. Right, so, but let's say you buy a BTO, Kyler, at, yes. uh, at your, favorite, your favorite place called Tengah, um, and, at, and at this uh, area, your loan is less than 300000 yeah. When your loan, when your HDB loan is less than 300000 mm. uh, banks do not subsidize fully when you refinance from one bank to another. Yes, so, as you mentioned just so now. So at this point of time, the advice that Mortgage Master will give you will be, hey Kyler, uh, please take uh, fixed rate or floating rate, never mind, but take the safest, less fluctuating rate, floating rate at the end of the day. Because you cannot refinance for free, you don't want to expand this kind of cost for nothing. And so you want to take a rate that the variance is lower. So i give you an example. If you take a good rate, maybe today is 1.2%, but it has ever reached 4%. So that's a scary rate, but today is 1.2, super good. You may want to choose a rate that's maybe 1.5, but the variance is today is 1.5, the 20-year high is 2.4. So and the you max it will ever go is 2.4? The max it has ever been in history is 2.4. Because, oh. uh, you know, uh, historical performance is not indicative of future performance. Uh, yeah, right? So... <laughs> So if you take this, then you know that, hey, I take this bank loan, I may, I may not want to refinance because it's high cost in the future, but 2.4 in the past 20 years, highest, too low, the HGB loan 2.6, ah, I'm okay with that. Mm, yeah. So this, right, is right, where, right. this is where, an, an, when an expert advises, please listen. <laughs> mm, because okay. there's a reason why you may not take the, the lowest rate. Uh, one of the things which uh, Peter loves to say, uh, the lowest rate may not be the best rate for you. Mm. The best rate for you is... Is you know you have to you have to consider many different circumstances, right? People a lot of people just look at what the current interest rate is now and then they think short term, uh, but in the long term it might not play out in their favor as much, is it? Yes, correct. 
Mm, okay, okay, I see. We have packages where the, the rates are low, but then the mm-hmm. day after rate, that, that point in time where the rates uh, jump, like after two to three years, mm. that, then it becomes high. So in other words, they're trying to entice you in with lower interest rates for the short term, hoping mm. that in the long term, they get you with a higher interest rate overall. Hoping that you forget to refinance or reprice. Uh. Exactly, yeah. I actually feel that the title of this podcast may very well not be what is refinancing and repricing. It's what mortgage brokers don't want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's like becoming a trend, like what a property agent won't tell you. <laughs> no, but exactly, right? So, so there are people advertising and it's the norm, right? This, this is advertising. We have to do it. Um, that the lowest rate possible is 0.98%. Wow, we draw the customer in. But how many mortgage brokers actually explain to the customer, hey, your rate is first year 0.98, uh, second year 1.6. There's another rate out there uh, that's 1.22 years. Think mm. about the average. That's actually what draws the line and makes a good mortgage broker versus a bad mortgage broker. They explain all sides to you, is it? Yep, yep. Because it's easy to do a sale as a salesperson. As a mortgage broker can be either... You see, you can determine as a mortgage broker, do I want to be a salesperson or do I want to be a specialist consultant? If mm. I want to be a salesperson, I don't care. Uncle, auntie, 0.98, everybody 0.98. I get a lot of customers today. But then your customers will not be with you tomorrow. But then if you are a real consultant, you'll be like, hey, this is 0.98. It's only good for you one year. You have a two-year login. Second year is 1.6. Your average is 1.3. I have a 1.22 years now. The average is better. What do you want? See, that's a specialist. That's a consultant versus a right. Yeah. Right. Okay, okay. Wow. Very interesting perspective to hear like there's a difference between a salesperson and a consultant. I think in, in this in finance industry and even the property industry where it comes about property agents, insurance agents, mortgage brokers, um, bankers, this is where, in my opinion, determines whether the guy is a good a good consultant or just a salesperson. Mm, and that's, 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 that's how you that, judge. Yeah. Uh, that's how you judge. Yeah, that's how I judge them, yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> All right, so we've been talking a lot about residential properties but can i ask is does this affect commercial buildings too when it comes to refinancing and repricing uh commercial buildings is is very big so mm-hmm. that one is on a whole different scale okay. uh, because people yeah that one is like when you talk about a building itself is different now. so let's talk about more men on the ground kind you know at one point of time in the in property investment craze people were buying offices shop houses so yes mm-hmm. it does affect these commercial properties as well um and it affects them in worse ways because, uh, you see, the jump in um, residential will be, okay, for example, today, 1.2 jumps to 1.8, jumps to 2%. Uh, mm-hmm. For commercial, it starts with maybe 1.6, 1.8. It's slightly higher than residential. But when the jump happens, okay. it jumps to 4%. So the jump is even oh, bigger. Wow. So people, you know, it's, it's part of the, the Singapore mentality where we have to protect the residential people because this is your house. Mm-hmm. But you don't really discount and protect the commercial people because that's business right it's pure business already there's no emotion involved even from the oh. bank's point of view oh yeah. I see I see so that's where they draw the line huh? I mean it's, it's, it's normal right I would to me I serve both because at the end you still can save money whether you're commercial or residential mm. but why do you need to give super low rates to a commercial property it's commercial rates are, are traditionally higher than residential rates any I time see, of the I day see. Yeah. okay oh, okay so it banks uh, make that decision la, that oh, uh, commercial buildings interest rates will, will naturally I, be I will, higher than residential. I will not say it's banks that make the decision. I just mm. think that maybe from the start of Singapore to today it's always been like this. It's always been like that. Okay. Yeah. 
Understand, understand. Um, well, actually, the next let's move on to the next point. The next point that I have is actually why is it important to refinance and reprice? But I think we already covered quite a bit in the initial in the first point of why is refinancing repricing, and there were bits here and there as to why it's important. But are you if you are able to give like maybe a short summary, like maybe one to two sentences on why is it important to refinance or reprice? I think that'd be good. It's important to reprice and refinance because you should not overpay for your home loan. At the end mm. of the day, what a dollar saved is a dollar earned. And, 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 and at the end, you shouldn't allow yourself to overpay. Not, I'm not saying the banks don't deserve more money, more of your money. La, but I'd rather the money stays with you rather than the bank. Mm, yeah, that's true. Okay, is there a right time to refinance or reprice? Um, there is no right time. It's basically pure maths. Whether your rate is low or high, and then we, we will just do the maths for you. So, uh, you know, I say traditionally, everybody should refinance two to three years, every two to three years. However, everybody who had the foresight or had the courage to take the risk to take a cyborg rate in 2019, with super mm. low spreads. Today, they are still paying up to 0.5% interest only. Because Damn. Cyborg dropped from 2% all the way to 0.44%. Mm. Right? And so, if those people, two, three years down the road, they still don't need to refinance. So, is there a right time or wrong time? Answer is no. There is no right time or wrong time. But the answer should be, there is always a right time to ask a mortgage broker to analyze for you. Because then I can tell you, hey, sir, you don't need to refinance. Kyler, you need to refinance. And I do the math. This is how much you will save. This is why you don't need to refinance. This is how much you won't, you, you will, you don't need, you don't need to save, right? Because your rate is very low. And that's mm. also why it's very important to find a broker. I'm not saying that I'm the only broker out there that's like that. Mortgage Master is the only one that's like that. No. But I'm saying that you need to find somebody like Mortgage Master who is willing to tell you, sir, don't refinance. Not worth it. Not worth it. We don't need to do your business today. Right. Isn't a better interest for them to just stay where they are? Yes. And it ah. happens. It happens. Yeah. Mm. So there were actually people who were brave enough or ris- like risky enough to take a cyborg rate in 2019, is it? Uh, yes. Um, literally 70% of the clients who came through Mortgage mm-hmm. Master in 2019 took the cyborg rate. Oh, 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 and okay. the reason behind that was yeah. we, we are not just mortgage brokers per se. We are ex-bankers or ex-finance people. So we, we could see... We made a prediction and the prediction came true. Mm. I'm not saying the prediction will always come true. Mm. My job is to tell you, hey, sir, Cyborg is very high now. It looks like the recession is coming. We didn't know about COVID then, right? right. But if you take Cyborg today at 2% plus 0.2, um, you're paying 2.2. Your fixed rate is 2.4. Maybe you may want to consider Cyborg because um, the recession may come and you may suddenly strike gold, which happened. But my job is also to tell you that if you are conservative, if you are not sure, there is a 2.43 years fix for you. Fixed rate. And mm. there some, there, there, so there are 30% of people who take the 2.4, there are 70% of people who took the Cyborg plus 0.2. La. Mm. And at the end of the day, um, I will not blame those people who took 2.4 and call them stupid. They are not. They were conservative. They are willing to pay. They did their maths. They know mm. that in the next three years at 2.4% interest, I'm okay to pay this amount mm. in mortgage. And, and actually, that's not, that's not wrong either. So, so it's just, you know, Sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. Yeah, um, but I think the more important thing is that you're presented all the options available correct, to you and correct. then you make that informed decision. 
Correct. Right. So it is not it's not that we will not give you our opinion. I give you all the options, I give you my opinion, but you still make your own choice. You still uh, make I'm the sure final you, decision. Yeah, I'm sure you don't want to talk to a to a to a finance person who only give you the options, don't give you opinion. Uh. Then there's no value add, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so we also give our opinion. I right? can just go to a website for that probably. Exactly, exactly. Mm, okay. So oh sidetrack. Um, so you were saying that you all made some predictions, right? And you all didn't know COVID was happening. If let's say COVID didn't happen, do you all were you predicting that a, rece- a recession would come regardless? At that yes, point? it's just a matter of time. So the presentation at the, in 2019 when I was talking to my clients was like, look, Cyborg's at 2%. Um, I first let you know that the last interest rate high, Cyborg went to 3.6%. I'm not going to hide Jeez. that back from you. Yeah, wow, when so, was that? Uh, 2006-2007-ish. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. However, the last recession was 12 to 13 years ago. Mm. recession cycles normally happen every 10 years mm. so it's up to you to decide yourself whether the recession is coming or whether interest rates are going to continuously rise right. so, so there are people who actually say yeah yeah I think I think the recession should be coming uh, what do you think Abe? I'm like I think so too la, but you know I don't have a crystal ball uh. I also need to cover my own you know, just in case <laughs> right yeah, but I think so too but I have no crystal ball I say yeah la, let's just take cyborg la. and then these people are laughing their way to the bank now la. so some of them took one month cyborg plus 0.1 for those big loan packages they are literally oh. paying less than 0.5% today. Damn. Yeah. And these are the people who recommend their friends. <laughs> <laughs> the- so yeah, so, so from, I mean, from being, writing some of the earlier articles on the blog, uh, yeah, so we wrote something in 2019 and even in 2019, we already predicted mm. that interest rates would drop in 2020. Right. So I think what, the only difference was that uh, COVID accelerated that drop Mm, like within maybe even pushed even further down, is it? Yeah, exactly. Within within months, we saw that like cyber rates just crashed. Crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. Um. So so one 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 very good uh sign of that is the spread that we were talking about earlier. Mm. So like Bay was talking about how like just in late twenty nineteen, early twenty twenty, spreads of like zero point one zero point two were still being offered because cyber was relatively higher. So mm. to, to mitigate that, you get uh, lower spreads. As soon as banks realized that uh, cyber, that COVID was forcing cyber to drop quickly, they started increasing the spreads. So within yeah. a week, within two weeks, we suddenly saw new packages with higher spreads because it was to, to just make up for the fact that cyber was quickly dropping. And that's not normal, is it? Is that one is one to two weeks very fast? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what was the usual? What's the usual um time? Yeah, slowly, slowly over a year. Oh wow! And they changed it in one to two weeks. Yeah, and because and, of I how mean, fast, yeah. Damn. Even even the full comparison, I mean, zero plus zero point one was last like twenty nineteen. So mm. now two years later, plus zero point eight is like the best you can get right, okay. for a well, completed property. Yeah. Right. Well, at at the point in time, I wasn't working at Mortgage Master yet. But was it was it a crazy time? Like, did a lot of people refinance at that point in time? It was fun. That's a, <laughs> so that's the thing, right? Because because it was faster than usual, not everyone was convinced it was mm. the right time to refinance. They actually thought that, oh, you know, I will wait for Cyborg to drop first and then I'll refinance. But the banks were, were faster than that. Like, <laughs> they, they started increasing the spread so that even when Cyborg dropped, the amount that you end up paying, the, the interest rate you end up paying was actually not going to move that much. Mm. So if they had actually refinance earlier when the spreads were lower, it would actually have enjoyed a lower interest rate overall 
Unsightable mm. job. Yeah. Right. They work fast, but they don't work as fast as the banks. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So now let's move on to, I mean, we've talked about what refinancing is, why is it important, when's the right time, if there even is the right time, and who needs to do it. And I don't even have to bring up where you can refinance. Because <clears throat> So let's now move on to how. How do people go about refinancing and repricing? What's the general process like? Or, or take for example, let's say I, I just bought a house. Um, my three-year lock-in period is finishing, and the day-after rate for me next year in my fourth year rates from maybe one point five percent suddenly become oh one point nine percent oh a very sudden jump. What? How? How can I go about refinancing and repricing? Mm, so you're out of your lock-in. That's number one. So the first mm. thing to do about okay, the, in my opinion, uh, and this is mm. not just cause I, I, I work for Mortgage Master as well. Okay. Okay. Find a mortgage broker. Mm. Okay, a good mortgage broker will then tell you, "Hi, Kyler. Uh, currently, which bank are you with? Throw me a bank, any bank." Uh, okay. Uh, DBS, for example. Okay, so if you're currently with DBS, I need you to do two things. One, I'm going to tell you what rate you can get out there, which is better than your rate. Number mm. two, call six three 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 zero zero three three. Within ten seconds, a human being will be talking to you because this is a DBS special mortgage online. Yeah, well, you memorize bank numbers like I memorize fast food restaurant numbers, man. You do. Uh, <laughs> you don't so, uh, <laughs> is it a normal thing <laughs> I thought it's ingrained in everybody's minds really from the advertisements only but okay, uh, had, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> alright sorry go yeah, on so, yeah. so, so you call the bank you get what the bank offers you mm. I, I tell you what is out there for you and then you come back to me then we do a comparison no matter what you're going to save money Kyler but then we want to see which one saves you more right okay so you're saying that the first step is approach and approach a consultant uh, get some info from my own banks and then compare everything first. Exactly. Okay, so let's say now once we've compared and uh, I choose option A over option B, C, D, for example. I basically choose the best option that I want. Yeah. What, what's the next step? Uh, then confirm this option, then give mm. me permission for, for PDPA purposes to let the banker who can help mm. you and assist you through the whole process con- give you a con- uh, contact you and send you an email for the relevant documents. And then after you send the full documents to the banker, within... Mm. Within one week, uh, within one week, depending on which bank, um, your new loan will be approved. Mm. And then if you sign the loan, um, the law firm will be involved. A law firm will then tell DBS, Kyler's leaving you by three months later, you're in a new bank. So mm. this whole process, everything is soft copy and online. Mm. The only time you have to leave your house will be to go to the law firm for about half an hour. So okay. all in all, let's say you take half an hour to, do, to talk to me, half an hour to collect your documents, and sign the loan with the bank because mm. now can e signing really, mm. and then half an hour to meet the law firm. So you spend one and a half hours. Mm. Uh, if your loan is six hundred k, you save two thousand uh, dollars. So if you would consider that, that would be you are actually being paid about thousand three hundred per hour la. <laughs> it, it, I mean, in my opinion, this is how I actually do the maths, right? Yeah, if yeah, I'm yeah. Going, for sure, for yeah, sure. that's how you should save. Then maybe smaller loan, HGB. You save eight hundred dollars only. Hey, maybe we oh. can start posting on like job job sites. Oh, earn thousand three hundred per hour if you refinance. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> That's the new route to go. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say you spend two hours, cause you are a uh, okay, okay. So you take two mm. hours, you save eight hundred. You still spend. You still. You, if I gave you a job for just for two hours that pays you four hundred per hour, will you take the job? Hell yeah. Exactly. I would take the job. Right? Who wouldn't? So, yeah. Exactly. So why do people not refinance? That's actually the question where it's about inertia mm. and also the fear of I don't know what's this uh. but mm. then that's that's why we exist right to 
I tell you what is this. I tell you there's no initial. Actually, I'll make it very simple for you. You just yeah. expedite the whole process. Uh. Yep, yep. Okay. Uh, is, is the process of refinancing and repricing generally the same? Like, are, are they the same steps or is there uh, any major key differences or are they two entirely different processes? Uh, kind of, generally the same. Like. Generally 90, the same. 90% the same, yeah. What, what's the 10% that is different? Refinancing has to go to firm. Repricing don't need. Okay. So, repricing, you sort of save that extra half an hour, but you, at the end of the day, like what you mentioned in the beginning, interest rates are not as good when you reprice I, I, compared to I, it's, a, it's about the hassle that the customer is willing to, to take. Mm. So, uh, let's let's talk about a 600k loan where you, when you refinance, you will save 2,004 a year. When mm. you reprice, you save 2,000 a year. So, now I'm going to tell you, Kyla, hey, okay. you can reprice, no problem. I don't earn any money from it, but still no problem. Uh, but then if you refinance, you save 400 more. It's up to you. Then, mm. of course, I also have my interest, right? I also want to earn money, right? Mm. So I say, but the half an hour more, you say 400 more. La. So it's 800 per hour, you want or do <laughs> <laughs> It's up to the client right here. Yeah, but it's still up to the client, right? I, I mean, I will have to match him in the direction that I want, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to force sell, which I detest. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so what you've explained so far is if people go to a mortgage consultant, uh, when uh-huh. they when they are looking to refinance or reprice, are people able to do it by themselves if they choose not to go to a mortgage consultant? Yes, if you mm-hmm. go bank to bank to bank to bank to bank. Mm-hmm. So let's say let's say there are sixteen there are sixteen financial institutions in Singapore they can borrow mortgages from. Mm-hmm. Let's just say you choose five only because you don't know sixteen exist. So you OCBC, DBS, UOB, Citibank, Stanchart, HSBC. Okay, these six banks people know. So let's say six. Okay. Uh, you take one day off from work. You go down and have this game of you going to one bank at a time, you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait, and then finally the RM or the the, the, the personal banker will talk to you. Mm. So each bank plus waiting time, everything, each bank takes one and a half hour, one and a half hours. Six banks, nine hours. Mm. Okay, after you have all the rates collated, every single banker talking to you is they're going to tell you, but my bank is the best. Mm. Which bank is really the best? Right. They are, not, they are not unbiased, but you can. You can do all this research and you can get all the rates and you can choose the best rate yourself. But there is a free service called a mortgage broker <laughs> that, that does all this for you. In half an hour, I tell you everything. And I add something extra. I tell you in my opinion, which is really better. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Because it's not like, like we talked about just now. The most important thing is that hey, do you only want the 0.98 first year, which is super easy to, to accept, and then you don't realize 1.6 is year number two? Or would you take 1.2 two years fixed? Right. right, so this is where you know it doesn't matter if you go to one bank or another for me, so it's an unbiased free service, do all the work for you. Mm. I think 99% of people it, should, it makes all the sense in that. the world uh, to just go yeah, to a mortgage yeah. consultant, you're not paying anything extra, you're yeah. essentially even getting a free advice or free consultation in that sense where you get an unbiased opinion, like, uh, yeah. I think this one works better for you, that kind of thing, exactly. So it's almost like you know, I, I, I told you guys I just bought a new house, right? So now I'm looking for, hey, do I buy this rice cooker from Best Denki or from mm-hmm. Harvey Norman or from Gain City? You know, and I go through one website at a time. Yeah. I don't even have to physically go down now because I already know what I want now, okay? Um, <laughs> I go to one website at a time because they have their online portal and all that, right? So, hey, then I compare the three prices. Then I look at the, hey, the next model only $20 more. Should I take this other model or not? Because there is like maybe 500 grams more capacity. Mm. Then, you know, I'm wondering all these things, right? If 
there was this wholesale market with all the brands there at one point of time. And there's this salesperson there, consultant there, who tells me, your family, five people, uh, take the bigger one. Uh. You, mm. Immediately, I know that the bigger one may make more sense. Mm. Or your family, only three people, take the smaller one. Then I say, then he will ask me a very intelligent question. Uh, does your parents or your, your siblings come over to your house? Like, who goes where for dinner most of the time? And I said, mm. oh yeah, they come to my house most often. Then you may buy the bigger one. You know, all these small questions actually determine what is really needed. They and don't just where, ask you the specs of it, basically. Correct. Yeah, mm. so a salesperson will just tell you, hey, this is specs best. A consultant will ask you all the other questions. And that's where, at Mortgage Master, we make the difference. We are consultants, not salespeople. Right, right, right. I guess I like a rice cooker where, you know, <laughs> even, if you make the, even if you make the wrong choice, even if the salesperson or the consultant didn't know what they were talking about, they were just trying to push something to you, the most that that has cost you is, what, $100? You're really a sucker than $200? Uh, yeah, you know, like, what's the worst that could happen if you, if you just made the wrong decision and it's a rice cooker? But when it's mm. a home loan, you know, when it's such a long-term financial commitment, suddenly it makes a whole lot more sense to rely on people who who do this like multiple times, in a, you know, in a month and in a have week. that experience dealing experience, with these kind of cases. You know, yeah. yeah, who who have advised other customers like you in your same situation, that kind of thing. Whereas you, as a especially for new homeowners, like you don't know anything; it's all new to you. Why would you, you know, risk? Why will you take it upon yourself to <laughs> yeah. make all these I mean, decisions, right? I mean, if you exactly. can understand the reason why that consultant is better than a rice cooker, I'm mm. sure, and, and the mortgage is so much more important, then why are you not using a consultant? Mm. That's true. And it's free. And it's free, yeah. <laughs> Wait, then can I ask, do mortgage consultants use mortgage consultants or do they already have the information at the back of their head and then they're like, oh, I know which one's the best, <laughs> that kind of thing? Uh, do doctors use doctors? Do, do they? I don't know. <laughs> yes? Well, yes and no. So it okay. really depends. Yeah. Right, okay, okay. Even even among our, our own consultants, right, they talk mm. to each other, you know, they bounce, they bounce ideas off each other, they, they check their own intuitions and their own instincts with each other to make sure right. that, you know, what they're advising the customers is it's not only from them, but it's a common consensus among experts, lah. So, yeah, you know, there's, there's no harm. Again, it's a free service. So there's no harm in a mortgage consultant using another mortgage consultant <laughs> to make that decision. Okay, um, as we start to close the segment, I want to move away from, uh, you know, like, the sort of the, the basics or like you know the five w's one h of refinancing and repricing and i want to ask peter um more from a marketing perspective because you are our brand and comms leader uh is do you think from a marketing perspective is refinancing in repricing generally known in singapore uh so there are two schools of thought okay um one is that majority of customers don't know what refinancing or repricing is mm. therefore you know, you want to be able to reach out to them to explain to them what it is, so the, the education side of things. Right. But, it, but in the first place, if you need to educate someone, no one goes out there looking for education that they don't, on a topic they don't know about, right? Mm. Like first, they have to know that the topic exists. Yeah. So, so marketing to that group of people is actually uh, the challenge that we are facing now. Uh, we are hoping that through our articles, through our content, 
uh, through just you know raising awareness uh, in the media and all that through podcasts like these, we can we can b- build that, that content slowly so that people learn that repricing, refinancing are things that exist. Sort of introduce it to them and then they be like, oh, this thing exists and whether when they want to start to research more on their own, that kind of thing. Uh. Right. Because uh, for one thing, like, you know, if we reach out to them too early, for example, um, before they bought a house, it may be years before they finally make their first refinancing decision. Yeah. And, and it might be, you know, hopefully they remember what we taught them. Otherwise, it's very hard to really... Like, who remembers something they learned five years ago if they've never needed to use that knowledge, you know, oh, over true, that period of time? Yeah. So, so, on the other hand, when we market, we, we also need to market to people who are looking for refinancing, like, like the people who know what they're looking out for. Um, and and these are, pe- these, these are the, the minority of people, hmm. uh, maybe 20%, 15% of homeowners in Singapore. And these people normally are attracted because they realize that the home loans, the home loan interest rates that are being offered now are much lower than the ones they've been paying all this while. Right. Yeah, so what we do is our, our ads focus on just showing you how low interest rates can be in order to mm. sort of bring out awareness into how much you can be saving if you, if you refinance. Right. Just start to pick their interest with all this things that they are concerned about like oh save money like Singaporeans always want to save money and then that's the way exactly. to get through to yeah. them kind of thing right okay so for example now even if you're on a HGB loan mm. you know and it's 2.6% knowing that home loan rates can now go as low as 1.2 you know 1.1% less than mm. half of a HGB loan that that information yeah, alone should hopefully nudge you into into taking action it should be enough uh, for you to yeah. do something Exactly, to at least inquire as to whether it's possible to, right, to right. refinance. Yeah. Mm, okay. But of course, if, yeah, if, we, if we just show an interest rate and you don't even know about refinancing or if you don't even have a home loan, then you know, the, that, that ad goes over your, over your head. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I think it's a shame, um, like what you mentioned, not, not a lot of people know about this, um, I, I, but I don't exactly know what are the reasons or factors that have contributed to this. Do you have an explanation for that? Like a reason why maybe refinancing or repricing isn't genuinely known in Singapore? Well, I mean, normally when people only take what they need, mm. so like when, when you buy a house, you just want a home loan. So you mm. go to the bank that you're most familiar with, you learn that, yeah, you know, this bank offers home loans. You sign up for the home loan or you sign up with HDB and you think that's it, you know? That's the all you the, can... It's done already. La. It's done, yeah. Mm. And and then it's down the road when, like for HDB, like we said, interest rates are 2.6%. Mm. For bank loans, after the lock-in period, your interest rate goes up to maybe 1.8%, 2 mm. uh, That's when, you know, hopefully ads like ours help you to realize that there are, be- there are options out there. Okay. Well, perfect segue, I guess. Do you want to take this opportunity to talk about the our current ads that we have? The latest oh. one that we just released. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, give, we were given the opportunity to to advertise uh, at bus stops across the island. Uh, we have two bus stop ads. One that suggests that you can save up to two thousand five hundred dollars when you refinance, mm. and the other, which is slightly cheekier, um, has a cat which <laughs> says that you're losing money and you don't mm. know it. And so, if you see these bus stop ads, uh around the island just let us know that you've seen them and uh, like 
Yeah, like, if, if you're a homeowner, scan, yeah, scan the QR code uh, and we'll mm. follow up with you on your inquiry. Yeah, I mean, especially I think especially if you're homeowners, like current homeowners where you don't know about refinancing or you don't know um, maybe the current current interest rates. I, I, was, I was about to say like the current meta. Well, it's sort of the current meta, I guess, because interest <laughs> yeah, rates are exactly. quite low now. But like, even if you just don't know, like feel free to inquire because it might apply to you, it might not apply to you. But imagine the difference when if it applies to you, like how much you can be saving, you know? Yep. Yeah, totally. for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, as we close out this episode, I want to ask, because you talked about, uh, you talked about, you gave a lot of your insights and your experience about refinancing. I want to ask, is there a case of refinancing or repricing that you can share with us? Um, maybe the most, the one that comes off the top of your head naturally. It could be like, you save the most money. It could be like the fastest case you've ever closed. Something memorable. What is something that you can share with us? Well, um, you know, one of the first cases I ever, I ever met mm. uh, when I was a banker was this gentleman. He walked into my bank um, and he was opening an account for his son. And okay. he just started chatting with me while waiting for the account opening to, to take place, uh, which takes about like 45 minutes. Okay. So we were just chatting and chatting and then he was like, hey, my current loan now with another bank is at 4.5%. I'm like, what? what? Yeah, 4.5. <laughs> I've been paying it for 10 years already. Anything better though? I'm like, what? 4.5? So that was in 2010. <laughs> Um, interest rates at that point was about 1.8, 1.9%. So I was like, uh, sir, sir, um, I can give you 1.8%. He was like, oh, so good. Uh. What's the difference? Uh? So we did the maths, right? Mm. He has two loans at 800k. Okay. He saves more than 3,000 altogether per month. Per month? percent to 1.8%, yes. And, oh my goodness. And that's literally 30, 40 grand a year, right? So he was like, what have I been doing for the past 10 years? <laughs> Uh, you've not been yeah so so that was like my first touch with somebody who saves a lot of money from refinancing and wow. immediately after that I fell in love with mortgage right because when I was selling other financial products it's about creating need or creating greed mm. <laughs> but then for mortgage it's, it's totally need based it's, it's yes we earn less money but I'm helping people and that mm. actually strikes strikes a chord with something within myself which right, I right. want to help people right I make money I save you money isn't that like, and the banks still get business? Isn't that, that like a win-win-win? Yeah. Win that's more everyone? of a purpose to you, uh. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. Oh, that's insane, man! Saving three thousand a month. Damn. But, <laughs> how, but how how is how is the client now? Is is he still regularly yeah, it's, it's, refinancing? It's been more than ten years. Uh, hmm. we've spoken. We speak every few every few, like at the most, we don't speak for one year, lah. But we reach out because okay. he's, he's he like he of course remembers me as the guy who saves him so much money, <laughs> and he I have seen his family and, and yeah so we are friends we are now friends more than just business lah yeah that's good that's good yeah uh, but I I do you all still occasionally talk about refinancing for his home loans or uh, is he done yes. with his payments already? No, uh, so he sold one of the houses so he mm. only has one house now and then he's trying to make sure that at the end of the day he's planning for retirement so at the end of the day, um. We, 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 you know, when you refinance, you can structure the loan tenor, you can do, uh, you can structure that you remove one borrower, so only your wife is a borrower, you are not, and stuff like that. Lah. So, we are mm -hmm. structuring that now to prepare for his retirement, to make sure that at the day of retirement, he has zero loans. Oh, that's awesome, that's awesome. Yeah. As long as no more 4.5%, nah, that's... <laughs> yeah, I that's mean, crazy, if you man. think about it, in the past 10 years, if I save him 35 grand a year, he just saved 350,000. Nah. So, so... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's crazy to think about, honestly. Those numbers, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome, awesome. So thank you, uh, Bay and Peter, for joining us. 
uh, I want to say thank you because we are not, we are essentially not an office line. You are taking time out to speak over Discord and everything. So thank you for your time. I know it's a pretty long episode today, but let me just do the outro. All right. That's it from us today. If you have any questions, feel free to send it over to us, podcast at mortgagemaster.com.sg. And if you're enjoying to what you're listening to or think you may know someone who wants to learn about housing, you know, help us spread the word. We really appreciate it. Okay, thanks for listening, folks. No witty one-liner or dad jokes, according to Bay and Peter Walau. <laughs> Just want to say, do your best to support local hawkers, especially more elderly stall owners that don't offer delivery. There are several pages that you can find on Facebook and Instagram that highlight these stalls if you need more information. Till the oh, next episode. Uh, hey, good, right? Pretty good, right? I, I love you. Anyways, I'm doing just, my part for the community. Just, just to say, um, sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna irritate you, Kyla. I'm gonna oh. irritate you all, guests. Oh, but no. what is orange, and sounds like a parrot? Oh my god! The ah. answer is carrot. Bye bye. Till the next episode. See ya. Bye. Bye.